0: Should I start you or Julio this week? I think I'm leaning towards Julio. Julio? He's got a good matchup. We're teammates. It's nothing personal. It's just if I win this game, I make it to the playoffs. Now Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield, down the sideline.
1: Level. we're kicking off this new show because uh, we figured one wasn't enough and this one is gonna be twice a week so there should be uh added pressure If you can't tell by the title it's a fancy football show and yeah we'll just get right into it with news and updates
0: i mean if you clicked on the show and couldn't figure out it was fancy football and are listening right now i'm sorry to be
1: you that's tough yeah all right so we're gonna start with some news and updates lamar jackson looks like a different quarterback according to the athletic
0: what do you think That's scary because I already liked him in fantasy football, like, more than most. Yeah. Because, hey, he's going to average 15 carries a game. That's, Mm -hmm. like, a guarantee.
1: If he can throw,
0: oh, boy. Oh, boy. Everyone's in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only possibly negative thing about this could be that if he just starts excelling with his arm, he might not run as much, but... Yeah. He's still—he's a run-first quarterback, which there aren't many of, because even, like, even Kyler's a pass-first. He's just very good on the run. Even Cam Newton, same thing. Uh, he's kind of evolved. All right, next piece of news. Uh, Jerry Jones says that Dak, Amari, and Zeke deals will happen. Uh, I'm not even thinking about—I I could care less about Dak. Uh, I'd like to see Amari Cooper stay, but, again, I'm not really worried. Everyone cares about Zeke. That's the big news. And, uh, yeah, that's I guess that's good, but I wasn't really worried about it anyway. Yeah, so Zeke
0: was clearly the person you wanted to read here. I don't like that he was last. I don't think that matters, like, when in the listing of how he said it. No, definitely. I hope he, hand, I hope he handles it, honestly, the complete opposite way of how he said it.
1: Yeah, yep. But Zeke,
0: Amari, then Dak. If you pay Zeke, your team is automatically so much better. We've seen Dak without Ezekiel Elliott, and he's been horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, and more than that, like, Zeke matters more for that team than Dak Prescott. You could put in Ryan Fitzpatrick and get similar production.
0: Oh, 100%. Probably better.
1: Yeah, and he's not, I don't know, Dak's Dak's a good quarterback, but he's not great. And Zeke is great. I would
0: consider Dak a game manager, like a perfect game manager.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like, he's Alex Smith. Yeah, and Zeke is a game changer. Oh, oh, I
0: see what you did there. You, you used the play on words. Well done. It was a similar phrasing, but different. Yes. It
1: changed the context completely. Yes, sure did. Sure did. Also, uh, last bit of news, Tom Brady got a two-year, $23 million extension. The extension didn't really make sense because you can't pay $23 million this year next year, but it's, so it's really a one-year extension. Right. But, I don't know. He's getting paid a lot of money now. No, but it is two years. He's getting it paid. It is two
0: years because he's getting paid until um, his age 44 season.
1: Yeah. But they said he got paid $23 million this year. I don't fully understand it, but somehow he got a raise and then the cap room got better.
0: Yeah. I don't know how they do that with Tom. Patriots going to pay for it. It's only with him, too. Like, hey, we can make money for you, but no one else. And we can also give you more money. What? I mean, I will say
1: I'm fairly surprised he's the only quarterback that does that. Where they, I'm not. Does take less? Like I expect a guy like Drew Brees to do a similar thing. Uh, does Drew Brees take a lot? Yeah. Oh yeah. He got a ton. Um, I mean, there's
0: a lot of young guys that just take all the money, and Aaron Rodgers.
1: That make that makes sense though, because they're young, they're getting their first contract. Yeah. But, Like someone like Drew Brees, he's doing fine. Like, might yeah. as well just like take a little bit less money. Still make, like, $20 million a year, but then have a chance to go out and win a championship because your room, your team has cap room. Right, right. Okay. Good point. Now we're going to get into actual fantasy football. Um, we like to think we know what we're doing. Um, you know what? Let's start huh. off, because they don't trust us right now. Talk about um, how many championships you've won in your home eight-man league. I don't have an eight-man league. And we'll get to why you don't. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to make him trust us, so like maybe kinda, tell like, give like, me how many championships I've won. Like in yeah, so that because like obviously if you beat like your other nine friends and it was there was no money league and like there was like I don't know.
0: I'm gonna count only money leagues that I've won because I don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. Or like where I win something. So, yeah.
1: Um. Think about eight. That's okay. Hey yeah. Championships? Now that they know that you've you've won championships, they'll definitely trust you more.
0: And I only play in 12 to 10-man leagues. I don't go higher
1: or lower, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, now that you've said that you've won championships, I think they totally trust you 100%. Yeah, that's how this works. Yeah, because, like, they obviously know that you were playing like high-level competition and definitely none of those leagues. Like, there were weird trades and people stopped playing after week four. Never. So. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting yourself. Me? Um, you know, I'm not really sure because I play in like five each year. So. Yeah. it's I, I just put a number together, but I I've usually, definitely won a lot. Yeah. I feel like I usually make playoffs pretty much 90% of the time. And then. I'd say that's good. Yeah. I just Patriots. I can help you win your league. I, I'm not gonna guarantee a championship because once you get in the playoffs, one injury uh, screws you up. Messy stuff happens. Messy yeah. stuff. Well our goal is to help you get to the championship. You're right. Exactly. Championship right. hunting.
0: Huh? We're we're championship hunting for you.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um so we're gonna go to the tips and tricks for the best fantasy football experience. So it's it's about winning, but it's also about setting up the league so that you guys actually have fun. Um, starting right off with uh, the scoring format. Uh, Everyone's now shifting to PPR. I actually like half-point PPR. I think it's the best balance between running back and wide receiver value. And more than that, I think it gives the running backs that are creating a lot of offense, like McCaffrey, it gives them a boost, but they don't become overpowered because while it's great that McCaffrey is catching 100 balls or whatever, Ezekiel Elliott's dominating, too. And I know he's catching, I think he got 77 last year. But I think it's just the most even way to, to evaluate running backs. And then also elite receivers with, with slot receivers who just catch a lot of passes. Right. But if you're going to do anything, just don't do standard. PPR is fine <laughs> if it's <the> <laughs>
0: Oh, you want to bring up standard?
1: Yeah, I'll let you talk about that for it's a minute.
0: 2019. If your players are not getting any respect on the pass-catching format of football, you need to check yourself and change your league. Or, even better, leave it.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Uh, no, it, it. Oh, you're not done yet? Receptions. Receptions is a stat in football. In the NFL, they count them, their records, you pay attention to them all year. If you're getting nothing for the 120 catches Julio Jones catched last year, what are you doing? That's why half point, wonderful. Full PPR, that I know that's like the new standard. Like, even though they call standard standard, the new standard, standard, yeah. like ESPN and stuff, is now PPR, which is great. You need to be getting points for catches. Standard is brutal. I've had in the past, like, 10 catch guys, like, when PPR was just, like, finally gaining steam. I've had, like, 10-plus catches. I'm like, oh, he's got 10 points. Oh, he could have 20 for a great day, but no, he doesn't because there's no PPR. I just hate standard. I'm told by some people it makes you more competitive. I don't know how that works at all. I don't know how standard makes it more competitive. At I all. Think, I
1: feel like if everybody's in the same scoring format, it's equally competitive no matter what the like, rules are. I would say in standard,
0: the automatic thing you do is just draft three running backs and call it a day, first three picks. Because what's the point of having a wide receiver that's a top guy? Well, it's not only that,
1: but it's also, like, people that are big touchdown guys. Right. Like like to Kyler get room, Lockett. It, it's really hard to catch... 10 receptions a game, someone like Edelman or Keenan Allen, like, right. what they do is elite, and they should be rewarded for that.
0: Absolutely. Like, Tyler Lockett in standard, I will take him as my number one wide receiver. Okay. If I have, if I go running back, running back, running back,
1: I oh, will be fine okay. with him
0: I thought as you were my saying. top guy. Because he's going to catch 80 yards on three catches and a touchdown. That's what he does. Hopefully, like, why is Tyler Lockett as good as someone like A.J. Green. Wow, well, I didn't
1: think you would use that name as a good name because you...
0: I don't like A.J. Green. I don't. That will happen on the show. We will make that very clear. But A.J. Green is an elite wide receiver. Tyler Lockett is not.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so, but what I was going to say is, is <laughs> PPR is always great. Um, but you know, maybe think about a half-point PPR. I think that's the, the way to go. I think that's where uh it, fantasy football is, is moving and okay. uh you might as well get ahead of it you know like we're starting to get official rankings for half point ppr from analysts like a lot of them now who are starting to get on that train um it's i think it's the future for fantasy sports so,
0: i base my rankings off ppr because that's the standard now you mm-hmm. do half which is yeah. good I like i like having the two different ones yeah uh, and those two aren't up. drastically different either because, like, no, not at all. Because if you're getting a point per catch, Edelman's worth like any type of point per catch. Edelman is worth so much more than in like a PPR. Like James White and Tariq Cohen, too. They have no value to me in like standard leagues. Right. But in half point PPR in full PPR, they are like their RB2s are flex positions. Yeah.
1: They're great. And I think that half point PPR bounces it out. Because what people that are standard people are going to say is, why should people get credit for catching a screen, losing two yards, right. and then they still get almost a full point? They get, like, mm-hmm. 0.8 or whatever? Yeah. If it's half-point PPR, you barely get anything for you get that. Yeah, get 0.3. But if you actually build those up, you will get some oh. some points. Yeah, like and it's not going to be overwhelming either.
0: To go along with the points, I think you should always go by a decimal system for your points Oh, point 100%. Score. Yep, yep. I feel like that, that's forgotten to some people because some people – go by the whole numbers and if you get a. nine like if a guy on your team is, has has.9 or not like 29 yards and they don't get that last one 29 yards is terrible but you know what I mean yeah you're gonna be pissed I think decimal points all around should be what's going on in this
1: um thing which is why half points perfect not only that but consistently like when you play a full season of fantasy football I always have a few games that come down to like, I've, I've lost games by, like, two hundredths of a point. Like, you need to have that because then the wrong guy wins. I won a championship last year by point two. And there you go. And, like, who knows what would have happened if it was full decimal. Exactly. I think most people do use decimal points now, so, like, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's also agree.
0: becoming the standard.
1: Yeah, so, like, people are evolving. We just gonna get ahead of it. If you're still in an old league, you know, either talk to your commissioner or make your own team, make like, your own league.
0: This is our tips for the best fantasy experience.
1: I think that's right. a big one.
0: I think that might be the biggest one on here besides the PPR stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that I think is very important too is is how many people are in your league. Uh, uh, it's the thing is, it's hard to get a lot of people in your league sometimes, especially mm-hmm. if it's for money. Um but you got to try and get aim for 10, 12 is perfect. I think yes. 12 for a competitive if you've played a few seasons, maybe start in a 10, get used to the game. But if you've played a few seasons and you're looking for a real experience, a twelve man league is is the way to go. it I don't know why twelve, but it just works so perfectly. um it it's so that you have if you think about it, your starters are legit starters. and some of your bench guys are like wide receiver, two, threes. like you're gonna have backup running backs that are handcuffs, which we'll get into later. Right. It kind of is like starters and bench players. Twelve is excellent. um most
0: of my leagues are twelve. Yeah, I have, like, one or two tens, just because that's, that's how it rolls sometimes. You know? Yeah, if you're not the commissioner, you don't got to force 12. 10 fine. If you're right. in the 10, that's that's cool. And even if, like, you are controlling your league and you just find the perfect 10 and you don't want to ruin that, that's fine. Yeah, that's it. Don't go less and don't go more than 12. Yeah,
1: because when you get into – the thing is with 10 or 12, like, 10 is probably the easiest one where it's, like, an ideal league yeah. format and it's also pretty easy to get a draft together. 12 gets tough I will say during draft day but especially if you're if you're in the same friend group it won't be too bad if if you got a couple different friend groups you're gonna have to figure that out but that's the commissioner's problem and if you're the commissioner you just gotta do your best right
0: like people may be looking at and be like well two isn't
1: that big of a deal but it actually is no it's It's, I mean that's 30 more people off the board yeah exactly um talk about we just mentioned the draft uh when do you like to draft because that's a common question so I,
0: my draft, like when I was younger, I will admit I drafted rather early because I didn't yep. know the difference. And I was like, I want my team now. I want it get now. Excited. You get excited. Right. You go. You try a
1: wheel and deal for like two months. <laughs> right.
0: But that's what happens.
1: When nothing's happened. So nobody's going to move their guys.
0: As years have went on, you realize preseason and training camp have so many injuries. I remember a few years ago, Jeremy Macklin like his ACL when he was on the Eagles. Mm -hmm. like week one or Jordy Nelson Jordy Nelson did too and that destroyed like someone's team and that was like I just see like all these things on like Twitter or whatever and it's like oh there goes my fantasy team blah 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 because he's like a second round pick clearly because Jordy Nelson's a stud Mm -hmm. and um, it got it like it got me thinking and my um, I've seen a lot of people do this they do it like Labor Day weekend that's the last weekend you could possibly do it because right after that football starts I like to do it After week three or four, yeah, because week three is where everyone plays.
1: I think week three is perfect mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry. Like, week four, no one's getting out there and getting hurt, they're playing maybe three snaps.
0: Week four is like when rookies might get out there, but like they're not going to be starting clearly. Yeah, these are guys that are about
1: to get put on the practice squad. Uh, you're filling up your last probably 48 to 53. People on your roster, uh like the real NFL teams, and and the people that are like the veterans aren't even getting on the field. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So week three, week four, like you
0: can do it. The weekends of that, clearly, I would yeah. try to aim for the Saturday or Sunday, of course, because games are played Thursday, Friday, and that's like the bulk of them for yeah. preseason. So once you get those out of the way, you can take your shot. Draft your team. Start getting ready. I like to have a week of preparation before the...
1: Yeah, season. I think week three is perfect if mm-hmm. you can do it that week. That's that's always the first week I shoot for. Uh, yeah, and, and I will say, like, drafting early, I learned that the hard way. I oh, um, used to draft early in high school, and I remember there was one year where I had... Uh, I I'd randomly joined a basketball draft because my friends needed a twelfth guy. I didn't really know anything about fantasy basketball, but I was like, whatever. Picked out of a hat, I got the first pick. Um, I picked Kevin Durant, and then he had that what was a leg injury. I don't know. He had a massive injury. Yeah. Because we did way too. We drafted way too early, and then uh, I drafted AB, AP Adrian Peterson. Um, right when the uh, what that season he didn't play because of the suspension. And that was again because we drafted way too early. So you can have the—I got the one pick two seasons in a row, two different sports—and I ended up getting screwed both years. With the number one overall pick because we just—I don't know. I mean, part of it was because I was in high school and wasn't—we didn't know what we were doing. So yeah, you draft week three, you figure out who's going to be hurt because there are going to be some some ACL tears or some mm-hmm. some big injuries, Achilles, whatever to a first second third round pick and that's going to affect your your uh team like, but i will say moving on to the next point you don't win your league at the draft i mean there's been times where i've won championships and had like three players left for my actual draft because you it's not even just trades it's it's like free agents big guys. free agents guys like philip Lindsay, come on nowhere yeah. every single year um there's always a guy that's going to come i mean if you remember, Odell Beckham wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. Or if he was, he was cut before he was relevant. Right. And then he just went off. And, like, that's going to happen every year. And I'll give you a good team... for instance, too.
0: Yeah, well, uh, what do you got? So, last year, I won my league with my friends. hmm Fourth round, I drafted Royce Freeman. The fourth round. Yeah, that was silly. He was cut by off my team week three. Mm-hmm. You don't win the league at the draft. You have to make the right moves. You have to wheel and deal. Like, if you don't trade, this is the thing, actually, I wanted to add here. There's a lot of people that just don't trade in fantasy mm-hmm. football. Don't be that person. Be open yeah. to offers.
1: I mean, I have a guy that, like, I know one of my friends that's always in my leagues. He refuses to trade because every time he, for some reason, believes – that I know something he doesn't, like right. like he's gonna make this trade and then find out that all the guys I traded had like a torn ACL, like he doesn't have all the same information I do. Right. Like don't be afraid to make a move, but at the same time, if you're not winning the trade, you know, don't just don't just pull a trigger just to pull a trigger. We'll uh-huh. get into that next week. We're gonna talk about trades specifically and tips and tricks and stuff like that. But trades are to start with just the basic tips, basic ways to build your team this week since it is week yeah. one
0: but making it known you don't win the league at the draft is huge because I feel like a lot of people look at the team and like, Oh, well I have the best team. Good for you. Yeah. There's still like, you know, 16 games to be played. You don't know what's going to happen.
1: And then tying right into that, we have what we call them. Um, we, just, we just decided to, we call this the uh, amendable mindset, but basically what it is is just, you need to stay um, fresh. Like you can't, you know, there's obviously guys you love. There's guys you want to believe in. But if, if news comes out, like, uh, like say you run really high on Damian Willen. Or actually, you know what? I got a better one. Kenyon Drake. Say you're like, this guy, super talented. I'm going to draft him at this spot, and then that's not going to change. Well, turns out Balaj has been taking the first team reps all week. So that's going to be more of a split than you originally projected. You got to change that opinion and say, you know what? I do love this guy. I think he's talented, but he's just not gonna get the workload. And that right. doesn't mean you can't draft this guy, but don't reach on him and maybe maybe <coughs> reel back your projections for him a little bit because mm-hmm. it's it's not gonna be just what you want to believe. You know, you gotta go with the information. You also gotta know what information is relevant, what isn't. Something like someone taking first team reps while both running backs are healthy, that's relevant. You know, when you hear a beat reporter you've never heard of say that, you know, DK Metcalf looked like the best player on the field, that's something where you got to be like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I mean, this guy, is this just hype? Is this real? Like, there's certain teams, too, like Miami has that every single year. Every single year, they talk about a Devontae Parker is literally the best wide receiver in the league, and every single year, he's a wide receiver three. (laughs) Generous. (laughs) But That's a great
0: point. Like, yeah, you,
1: you gotta know what news to listen to. You gotta
0: be accepting, like when we did the Lamar Jackson news earlier, per the Athletic. If it's from the Athletic, you know there's something there. They All don't right. just sign on like bums.
1: Like, and and it's he, also it's just something to pay attention to. We didn't say, well, you heard he's got he looks like a different QB that, this year. They called him a superstar, so like you know, put him up in your rankings. We just said, hey, this is something to look out for. They're saying he's doing really well in camp. And then we talked about the possibility of him being what he could do if he does become an accurate passer. It's not, Absolutely. hey, they just said he's a superstar, lock and loaded uh, QB1.
0: Absolutely. it's a great point.
1: So, okay, you want to talk about handcuffs? Because I know yeah. that's something that most people are starting to hear about, but mm-hmm. it's kind of been new lately, I feel like, to like, the weird. average person. But
0: I think last year really drove home. Why the handcuff is so important? If you take a top, this is only for running backs. Like there's no other position you need a handcuff. If yeah, wide receiver and your wide receiver go down. Oh well, like you know. Oh,
1: sorry. But the only scenario I will say with wide receiver that I've looked at this year is is AJ Green and Tyler Boyd would be interesting. But you would have to have like back to back picks. Like if you were like the ten spot and you right. had like or like the even the twelve. Um, and you have back-to-back picks, that would be a weird one to do. But that's the only handcuff I could see just because of the injury situation. Continue.
0: So, Le'Veon Bell was taken either first or second overall last year. A lot of people didn't draft James Conner that drafted Le'Veon Bell. You did. Well, two years ago I did when Le'Veon played. Had James Conner my whole season. I didn't didn't draft Le'Veon Bell last year at all. Oh, you just, that's right, you just got James Conner and Dominic. Right, I picked him up as soon as it happened. Yeah. Like, okay, this is rumbling. Anyways, you need the handcuff for any running back. That is the backup, the first backup to them, not the second, even though some people in deeper leagues like to take that shot. Like Justin Jackson, for example, on the Chargers. When yeah. Melvin
1: went down, they took a shot with him. That's fair. I get that. Yeah, that's a midseason waiver pickup. Yeah. That's. That's fine, but like we're talking more like guys, you gotta go. You gotta know that I'll give you a perfect example. If you draft Todd Gurley, you better get uh, Daryl Henderson.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's the. I think that's the ideal example this year.
1: Yeah, Um, that's that's what I meant. Yeah.
0: So if you say you're taking Melvin Gordon this year, I don't know where he's falling now. I think he's second round because we don't know what's happening. Yeah. If you don't take Austin Eckler, you're just you're just trying to make yourself like lose. You need the backup.
1: Yeah, because you don't know when he's coming back. With like, someone like with Gurley, you find out what his situation is, and then you figure out who gets the workload. And the thing is, you don't spend a capital. With, with Gordon and Eckler, it's more of like it's going to be Eckler until Gordon comes back, and then you can just flip it. Yep. But that's, that's a lot more of a higher price you're going to have to pay. Uh, I don't know if I would advise that because Eckler's price is rising as like a standalone running back because people saw what he did last year and figured he can actually be his own player. You don't need Gordon to have Eckler. They're just trying to get off to a hot start, which is a fine strategy. But, yeah, if you can get the two with that scenario, it's more like we're going to use Eckler, and then when Melvin Gordon comes back, we put in Gordon right – slide him right in where Eckler was. Absolutely. And you don't have any drop-off.
0: I think the perfect example,
1: if every year,
0: I feel like the Steelers, you need the backup. I don't know why, but they always have like the backup that just takes the league by storm.
1: Well, it's a system of like, you're going to get 30 touches a game. I don't care who you are. Because
0: remember, D'Angelo Williams, when Le'Veon went oh. down multiple years.
1: Yeah, that's when I realized that I had a chance of like actually being good at fantasy, just because yeah. you, there is strategy involved. And if you know what you're doing, you know to get him in every league. And so I got him in just about every league, and he was my running back one right? Of like as long as he played.
0: I'm not saying take a guy as the handcuff in the third. Say you take Leonard Fournette in the third round or someone like that. Right. I'm not saying take their handcuff. I'm saying in the first two rounds, when you pay your premium price for a running back,
1: get their backup. Because you don't want to lose those touches it's also like situation dependent. So like people talk about Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde. I don't know that Carlos Hyde is really a handcuff because the system doesn't work for Carlos Hyde. That one thing that the Chiefs do that don't get talked about, that doesn't get talked about a lot is they like the to throw in the end zone to running backs. And that is not a strength of Carlos Hyde. So right. but that's something where if you think Carlos Hyde is going to be involved, that would be one where you wouldn't have to pay for Carlos Hyde. He'd be he's basically free. And um it it's ensures your RB1. Because if you're drafting Damian Williams, you're drafting him as your RB1. Right. Unless you get that back to back pick, mm-hmm. maybe you can, so you get a little lucky, you get like a James Conner, Damian Williams. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be a first or second round pick. And if you're lucky a second rounder.
0: And the thing with like the Chiefs or the Rams or a team like that, you want that handcuff because that team is an elite offensive team. They're going to get touches. They're going to get touchdowns. You don't want to miss out on that if you have Todd Gurley, Damian Williams, like you said. Yep. So I feel like the handcuff is just something you need to know. Um, I Not everyone does it because maybe the backup's just garbage and you don't see it happening, but you really never know. And if you lose your guy, you just want to have that backup piece. Yeah, 100%. And usually you don't have to spend a high pick on them.
1: Usually yeah, lame, no, like, like something, something like Gurley and Henderson is like going to be second round pick and probably like 12th. Like something that it's not, like I said, like Gordon Eckler thing, that's pretty rare. Um, It's usually like a Bell, James Conner thing. last have, year.
0: For some reason, Henderson's ADP is a little bit high for my liking. Mm-hmm. It's like eighth round, which I think is a little bit expensive for him because he's just going to be useless when Gurley's playing.
1: Yeah. Me? Well, the thing is, people don't necessarily know if that's true. Like, if if they do really reel it back with Gurley, it could be a t- like a split, you know, uh, yeah. running back by committee. I don't think that's the case, but that's what people are. That's they why. Gonna, well, are last, that
0: last year. They were gonna try to take some um, touches away from Gurley before he got hurt with the uh, yeah. Mar- um. Was it Marlon Brown? Anderson. What? Uh, no, the
1: brown guy they had.
0: Oh, Malcolm Brown, yeah. Yeah,
1: Malcolm Brown. Yeah. He hey, was excellent. Future reference, maybe we don't say the Brown guy they had.
0: Oh, well, hey, 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 hey. That's not I, – I just couldn't remember his first name. I yeah. Just Marlon. A, Marlon Brown. hard way to say it. It's tough. It's tough. That's not what I meant. Let's just move on. Just move on.
1: Um. All right, let's move on to your favorite apps to use, and I'm going to leave that open. Not just, like, things to draft on, like, places to have your actual team and draft with, uh, but also apps to use fantasy because there are a lot of um, useful apps. So you're an ESPN guy, I believe, primarily, right? Um, I think I use every single one
0: of these every year. Right, but what's your what's your my goal?
1: preference
0: app yeah. wise is probably ESPN.
1: So I, I like don't... ESPN, and then I like Sleeper. It Not used to be called Sleeper app what i like about sleeper is is they are it's you can now do fantasy that's a new feature they've had for a couple of years but their main thing is that they give they break news and they break news faster than espn yep. um, they, they really do have the like i think the best all around app for fantasy and i actually like like the creativity you can do a lot with your team they have dynasty they have keeper mm-hmm. uh they obviously have redraft the settings are are very open to to doing what you want to do with your team. They have defenses if you for some reason want to have defensive players, um, and and they have the best news. and I like the ranking system. I like everything about Sleeper. It's just it's kind of hard if you just have like a hometown lead to convince them all to switch to this app they've never heard of. It's easier just to use an ESPN. You don't like NFL.com. I actually I have no problem with it. Um, there's some issues if you do, like, waiver acquisition budget. Um, that Um That's kind of like they do sometimes screw that up, but I think they fixed it last season. They rebranded the whole thing, and I like the way it looks now. Um So, yeah, I'm cool with NFL.com, ESPN, or Sleeper. Don't give me Yahoo, and I'm not paying for CBS. I don't even I'd want like, to talk about Yahoo.
0: I'd like to give my two cents on Sleeper. I think the reason I won't switch my league to that, and this is a purely purely selfish reasons i know what
1: you're gonna say it's because you don't want them to have the app
0: i don't want them to be getting all the updates and stuff i don't and if you have that app you're automatically getting them like i know plenty i know a handful of people that have the sleeper app now but not my whole league i want to be able to have that edge come week six when carlos Hyde's traded to the jaguars you know
1: what i'm saying it's it's that, but I think the most useful thing is that when the waivers are open midseason, and like this is why you need this news, is they'll be the first one. I mean, Adam Schefter might tweet it out first, but if you don't get notifications for Schefter, it'll go, it basically turns them on for you and it only gives you the, the quality information, not the random stats he has on how Patrick Mahomes was the sixth person to ever do this in week right. 13. Um, it gives you what you need. It filters the important information. So you'll find out, like, um, I think a few years ago, like, you'll have, it like, a Jamal Charles, like, tears his ACL on a Wednesday practice, and it'll, it'll get to you first, and you'll be like, oh, okay. And and it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I have this player, and he just tore his ACL. You can rob someone. If, you, if your running back situation is bad, and you find out Leonard Fournette just got injured, and you need to figure out who's going to replace him, you can pick him up before the team that has Leonard Fournette and then you have two options. You either keep him and take his production, or you say, hey, man, I got the guy that's up next, so either you can sign this trash bag and free agency or you're going to have to trade with me. Right. Um, so
0: here's another cheat. As you were saying, if you don't have um, notifications on for Shefty, yeah. I'd do that.
1: You may yeah, get mean, a lot of tweets that are annoying. Well, but- the thing is, I think if you get the sleeper app, you don't have to do that and it's right. like important stuff.
0: But if you want the advantage as far as you can get, you're not going to get anything sooner than him putting
1: out that tweet. Right. It's just you have to filter through a lot. Yeah. It's usually the big news will be brought to you on the sleeper app just like a minute after he tweets like, out. And I, it could be really useful for someone like if like, uh, Muhammad Sanu goes down mm-hmm. and you are sorry, not Mar- sorry. I was linked to Marvin Jones goes, goes down and you have like Kenny Galladay or you're right. working on a trade to get to get Kenny Galladay. You just get it done right there.
0: Right. Um. Well, like, last thing, I only have, I have Scheffner on because of off season, but I just don't shut it off because like I care about my fantasy team. So why not have it? And you talked about all the apps. I just want to add my two cents real quick about each one. Um CBS, it's excellent, but you don't want to pay for a league. Yeah. It's excellent. Like one of the best running everything all around. It's smooth. I love it, but yeah, not paying. NFL.com. I've had my problems in the past yep it's, the new app looks very very good so i'm I'm willing to give it another chance the app i've had problems with that's the main deal here and when it comes to fantasy the app's what matters most like yeah else like you're not going to use the website that much you might look at it like once a few
1: every few weeks and if but... you have a terrible like app it's going to ruin your experience if you can't like if you if there's been times where like i try and put in for a uh, waiver request and they don't work and it's just like you have to do it, right. like six times and you don't know whether you even got it in or not and mm-hmm. you're just like man like this is gonna like some of them are gonna affect your team if it's someone like a james connor or a philip Lindsay last year like that is a huge problem
0: absolutely um and last thing espn i actually had problems with prior to when they upgraded so they went through – they refurbished all their fantasy stuff and right. put it put on, it on Apple. Apple, Yeah, and it's been excellent since. So if you're going to do a league, do ESPN, do Sleeper, NFL.com. So I would highly recommend CBS if, you, if your league wants to pay for it. I just and think, that, yeah, I you're going to have a hard time pushing
1: that, and I don't think it's really worth it. It's, if, you're, if everyone's working a full-time job, they might be willing to. Yeah, it's for work leagues. Like, that's right. pretty much like everyone I know is is part of a work league or they're part of like their dad's work league, where right. it's like, you know, um, a bunch of office guys are, and then they need a 12th guy and they just invite one of the sons. Yep. Um, so that's really what CBS runs on. Yep. But yeah, if you're just, you just want to have fun, you're in college, high school, whatever, just go on NFL or ESPN. It's free. Mm-hmm. I mean, have fun trying to convince people to pay not only for the league, but also just to get on with the app. like that's, <laughs> And that doesn't even go into the pool. Like I don't think that's going to ever work. Um, but we're going to move on. There's other things we're going to talk about throughout the year. I want to talk about waivers and the different um, waiver acquisition budget versus the normal waiver system. This is going to be stuff all year, trade, stuff like that, and we're going to talk about it all the time. Um, but, yeah, you have one more thing you want to talk about, and then we'll move on to team building.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be real quick. Um, I put interest picks here. And this goes based off of you're in the draft and you have a guy you really like. And say he's six to ten spots down the chart Mm -hmm. and you have a pick right around the corner. If you don't think you're going to get him, like if you know how the other people's draft, just take him. You're going to be happier with players you like than players you're like well, I could get this wide receiver who's a better value, but I'm not as high on.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, uh, the perfect example for you, I know a few years ago, would be, like, the thing about fantasy, we talk about this is about the experience, too. You obviously want to win, but there's nothing worse than losing with a guy you don't believe in. In the sense, like, I remember you hated Doug Martin a few years ago, and I wasn't very high on him either, and that was one thing we agreed on. Yep. And I remember I had Doug Martin because I was like, at this point I got to take him. And he just did nothing for my team. Yeah. It was nothing more frustrating than someone that I was like, I think he sucks for months. Right. And then into the draft I'm like, I don't think he's good. But then I was like, look, I he's the best available right now. And then you go in and he sinks your ship. That There's nothing worse than that. You'll be okay if you go with like – like someone I have really high this year with the new offense is Julian Edelman. And if he – just does nothing for my team, at least I'll be more comfortable with that fact yeah. than someone where I'm like, I know this guy isn't going to do well. Like, and it's just not going to work. Like, I have the
0: perfect example last year. I liked Royce Freeman, so I went out of my way to get him. Did it work? No. But did I accept it? Yes. I took the chance. Didn't work. Oh, well. Last year as well, the value of Michael Crabtree was there because he was the top receiver on the Ravens. He was supposed right. to be good. I took him in like what, the 7th round probably or whatever. He he was he was a bench piece but the value was there. He was like, "Oh, he's ranked 50th and the next guy's 60th on position uh in top 100 rankings." I was like, "I'll just take the value." I hated it. I wanted to get rid of him more
1: than anything. There's a reason he's still there. No one wants him. I will say though to that point we're not telling you to reach. Like don't no, no, no. Go for your favorite guys like do it at the rounds that, that makes sense, but don't, yeah. Like, you can jump up five or six picks. If we're talking about middle rounds, like, obviously, you're not going to go with Damian Williams and pick six. um, But just <laughs> know what, what's a reach and what's and what's a value. Because yeah. if you reach on anyone, even if he's a really good player, he's not going to help your team. Like, right. if you reach in the second round, you're getting two third-round picks. Oh, yeah. Instead Here's of the
0: thing. I'm not second. reaching in the first two, three rounds.
1: No. This is more
0: around you could start to get a little risky.
1: Yeah, maybe like four through seven is what you're talking right. about. And then after that it's all I'm just, not saying I'm just saying don't wait on a guy if you think he's gonna
0: get picked. Like if you have any doubt in your heart that
1: he's not coming back around to you, take right. it. And we'll do a whole thing on the draft, uh closer to like week two probably right. yep. of the preseason. But also real quick, just something to think about, don't just go in with one guy when you're when you're three picks away and you're like, Oh, this is my guy, this is my guy. And then he gets picked and you're like, um, and then you get stuck. You got to be able to think about, like, I always have two or three options depending on how far away I am. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm five picks away, I'm thinking of at least two guys, maybe a third if I'm in the early rounds, like it obviously gets tougher once you get later to find guys that you like, but you, you got to have a backup plan. Cause you know, usually there's, especially if you're doing like an online draft where it's like. You only have, like, two minutes or something, or, like, a minute 30. You're, like, you you don't want to scramble and just pick somebody that wasn't well thought out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the final point I wanted to make for tips and tricks-wise for this week. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to point out, if you like a guy, don't be afraid to take him because you're going to be upset if you end up with some garbage guy that you're just not accepting, like Doug Martin or Michael Crabtree.
1: Okay. Yeah. um, All right. So we're going to quickly go through team building strategies. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of our favorite and then one that we don't like. Um, Some common things that people do is and we're going to talk about a little bit later because people ask us questions about this. But um, the no quarterback strategy, which is a little misleading title. Basically, it's it's you draft a quarterback late. And so the strategy behind that is just to get as much value as you can because the idea is that the quarterback one versus the quarterback 12 typically isn't that different in point separation. One thing to think about in fantasy is people want to go with the points, but you're not worried about the points. You're worried about the points versus that position. So the reason why running backs like McCaffrey and Zeke and Saquon are so highly ranked is because they're going to get like a hundred more points than Damian Williams at RB12. With the quarterbacks, the disparity is not very high. With tight end, Something someone like Kelsey, very high disparity from the QB 12. I mean, tight end 12. Exactly. So, the, that was so, that was the point I was going to make there, too. Yeah. Like Kelsey comparison. And also, like with, with QBs, it's there's 32 QBs and and they're all really good at football. Like, even the ones that you like, minus Nathan Peterman, but um, <laughs> they had to get here. And like, obviously, you could say that about every position, but with with running backs, there's a lot of opportunity based po- fantasy points. With the quarterbacks, like you can get Jared Goff super late. I would be thrilled with that. Cam Newton, super late. Kyler Murray, all of these guys, you can draft, you can have three running backs and three receivers. And and maybe like I wouldn't do this, maybe even a tight end, but you can get your starters set everywhere else and then still land a Jared Goffer. Even I mean, I'm not gonna throw this around. We'll talk about this a little later, but Matt Stafford was hurt all last year. He's always been a top-12 quarterback. He had, like, broken bones on his back last year, and that's why he was bad. Not great. Yeah, <laughs> not ideal for, like, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL. So there's plenty of guys like you don't have to go down to Matt Stafford's level. Jared Goff is one of my favorite examples is, of a guy that you can get super late. And even, like, I mean, this doesn't completely apply to the to the strategy, but if you want to kind of, like, not buy in all the way, you can get a Baker real late. You don't have, And he could be a top five easily. Um, it's, we're just saying, you know, it's basically just don't draft Mahomes, don't draft Rodgers, don't draft Luck. Deshaun Watson probably still wouldn't apply to this strategy, but he is a value, I could, I'd say. But, um, yeah, why don't, why don't you talk about your feeling of it? Because it's, it's basically yeah. the premise is just that you wait till you fill out the rest of your team, except maybe tight end and then obviously defense kicker mm-hmm. to get
0: no, it. I, I only have, like, one real note here. Of like the perfect way of thinking of the no QB strategy. I saw fantasy analyst from NFL.com go on and say. I wouldn't mind having Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson as my two quarterbacks. If you're sw- I don't know if people understand how good Josh Allen was in the last few weeks of the season. He ended up being the QB one. The number one. Josh Allen's going like 20th, maybe this year. He's got like if I have him and Lamar Jackson just switch off. I'm not a big fan of having two quarterbacks on my team, which is just because I rather have the bench spot to a wide receiver or running back. Josh Allen's going 23rd for quarterbacks. Oh, that's even worse. So yeah. there's my point exactly. Streaming quarterbacks is a good solution to go with at the new co- uh, the no QB strategy. Yeah, let's we'll, so we'll discuss that's that later, it, of
1: course. John- Okay. I was just going to say, that's something I haven't touched on. That that's basically the premise behind it, is you get yeah. too late guys, and then you fill in with guys like, like oh, like I don't love Josh Allen for a season, but if he's facing the Dolphins, I wouldn't gladly plug him in and play, but continue.
0: Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, feed me the matchups. You go based off matchups rather than uh, – unless you have Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is good for the whole season. Right. But if you're taking Lamar Jackson, you're like – And he's playing Jacksonville. I don't want to deal with that. You can go pick up another very easily that has a good matchup. And Matt Stafford, like you said, has been excellent his entire career when it comes to fantasy. I would have no problem with him on my roster.
1: Even like a Dak Prescott is getting disrespected this year, who I made fun of. But for (laughs) fantasy purposes, he's been a top 12 running uh, quarterback for for a long time. And, And he has those weeks too. Like he's a guy that he'll go on a run where he'll go six weeks as a as a top three quarterback, and mm-hmm. then he'll have a run where he he doesn't produce, and you can typically predict stuff like that. Um, so that's that's something to think about.
0: Yeah, there's just some quarterbacks you can read like a book in fantasy. Like, hey, they're gonna not be good this week.
1: Like, literally, guys like Fion- Ben, too that have distinct things of like, oh, he sucks on away games, and yeah. and you can read those things.
0: Like, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick put up, like, 40 points, like, four straight weeks last year. And then you realize he's going to fall off a cliff because he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Don't ride that all year if you
1: think that's going to work. Or I think don't ride it at all. He's a good one, too, because you don't even have to draft him. You can draft your entire team. Maybe if you can get a golfer. Even Stafford's the QB 22 right now. It's, oh, I love that. playing in a 12-man league. You're getting him for free. He might not even get picked. He, he might get picked last, whatever. Um, you grab a guy like him, and then you can get a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you know is gonna be hot for three games, and then you just dump him because he didn't cost you anything. You pick up Philip Rivers for a week, you drop him. Matt Stafford carries you for a few weeks. Um, you know maybe Derek Carr gets hot, you can grab him, Josh Allen, something like that. You just play. And and the thing about if you listen to the show, we're gonna give you streaming options every single week for quarterbacks and probably tight ends too, because that's another strategy that we'll get into. But it's something where if you, you can do this strategy effectively, and it's not like picking up a running back where you're like, oh, I don't know, or a wide receiver especially, where you're just kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen here. The quarterback's going to throw the football, you know that, so it's just about the matchup. Like, you don't have to worry about like workload with a quarterback, so you just have to worry about the matchups. Obviously, some quarterbacks throw more than others or run more than others. But that's that's just well-known information. It's not like one day he's going to throw 12 passes and the next day he's going to throw 34. Like The quarterbacks are what they are. The offenses are what they are. They're not going to change too much unless it's the Patriots. Right. And
0: if you know your league and how they pick quarterbacks, that will always help you in the long run as well. Like If they're going to all wait, then, hey, I'm taking Baker in the sixth or
1: seventh round maybe. Or yeah. just oh, Sean, like hey. someone like that. We'll talk about the tiered breakdowns because I think tiered rankings are super important. But what I do always do with the quarterbacks is I always kind of just cross off what teams have a quarterback and how many they have. So if you go, okay, right now I'm sitting in the eighth round and nine teams have a quarterback and I still like four guys, Mm -hmm. I'm not worried because – Unless, like, somebody, there are going to be guys that draft like two quarterbacks way too early, but they're just losing value. They're just help bumping up the value of running backs and wide receivers. But you just keep track of like, okay, I still like five guys, ten guys already have a quarterback, so I'm not really worried right now. Like, I I know I can take this this running back four for me right now, who could help in the long run, and get one of the guys I still like. That's the thing about the tiers. If you have five quarterbacks in a tier. Then you're like, okay, I'm okay with any of these guys. I value these these five basically equally. Little right. disparity, not enough to to be a game changer. And I know I can wait a couple of rounds or at least one round. You take it pick by pick, and you just go, okay, you know what? There's still there's still four quarterbacks on the board I like now. One round later, only one quarterback was taken there, and there's only two spots left that need like it's only me and one other guy that needs a team, needs a quarterback. So I'm I'm all set right now. Yeah.
0: You can get lucky some years, too. Like, last year, Andrew Luck was coming off his season shoulder surgery. Yeah, I loved him last year. No one
1: wanted him because they were scared. And I was like, I will take him in the 8th or ninth or 10th. Yeah, I grabbed him in my leagues, too. And 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 the thing is, though, I didn't grab the guy that was going to be ready for Week 1 until much later. And it didn't hurt my team. And my perfect example every year is Matt Ryan. Yes.
0: He goes high this year. He's going to stink. Next year, he's going to go... Round sixteenth, seventeenth quarterback. He's gonna be a stud. That's just what he does. Yeah, I think this year he'll be fine. Like, don't take that. But he's like one of the quarterbacks that just proves if you waste your pick on him early, he's good chance he could be bad. Kill your team, right? Because you're now not getting a solid backup running back that could easily be an
1: RB two like in two weeks. And we're talking, we say a backup running back for your team, but right. It's going to be a starting running back that's going to have volume. Like, so, someone like – got to figure out who the 49ers running back is, but one yeah. of those guys is going to be the guy, and that's that's the or, guy you want.
0: Or like Chris Carson or someone like that. Like, yeah, that's Those perfect. types
1: of names. Yep. Okay, so we're going to move on to the wide receiver heavy strategy, which – I'm uh, not a fan.
0: <laughs> we'll make it
1: quick because I think it's so stupid. Even I get the DPR – that they have more value, but, again, they really don't because you're playing against your position. You're not, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't squaring off with Mike Evans. Like, right. the, it doesn't make sense to just, just because they're a little more consistent, too, like, that's great and all, but you're, you might be able to get one Philip Lindsay, but you need an RB1. Mm -hmm. Now, you might end up with a guy like Philip Lindsay of last year, not to use that example so much, but that was a really good one last year. You pick him up, you get him as your RB2, and then you end up with with two running backs inside the top 12, 15, whatever, and then you have good wide receivers around him like Hopkins and, and Adams or something like that. But you need some reliability. You don't want to go into your season with Lamar Miller and Josh Jacobs. I would kill myself. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't care how good your wide receivers are And how consistent they are They can get hurt just as easily That and There's inconsistent wide receivers Like
0: honestly The top 10 I'd say they're going to give you numbers week
1: in and week out After that There's boom and busts Well here's the thing I think the running back wide receiver consistency thing is a little skewed Because yes There are a lot more busts at running back That's true Mm -hmm. But the wide receivers, when they're out there, are far more inconsistent. Their stat line at the end of the season is going to be about what you thought, but it's about opportunity. With the first-round running backs, you know Zeke and and Barkley and McCaffrey are getting 20-plus touches a game, and it's just what they do with that. It's it's a lot harder for them to bust because they're getting so much workload. Now, Devontae Adams might be great, but he might have five receptions in one week, without a touchdown, and then the next week he'll get 150-2. And, and at the end of the year, you're happy with that, but he didn't necessarily help you as much as a running back that's going in there every single week and, and producing.
0: My perfect example always for this will be Tyreek Hill. He is the ultimate, hey, oh, look, he just went off for 40, and then he gave you a stinker of 10. And then the next week he gets 30. Like, if you look at his stats last year, like, on a week-to-week basis – they would inflate massively every other week.
1: Yeah, and he did a good job last year of, of balancing out a little better, but yes. year 1 was drastic. And obviously like he has to step into his own. I mean not year 1, but last year, two years that ago. Be, yeah. Yeah. His first full year. Yeah. Uh, as an actual receiver and not just a specialist. Yeah. Um yeah, so that that's one that I I can't get behind, especially you know, if you're drafting in the top 5 why take Hopkins out of that value? Like,
0: I'm not even looking at a wide
1: receiver until, like, the eighth pick. Eighth overall. Because. Yeah. I mean, I could see Hopkins going earlier than that, even Adams. But, like. Yeah. I, yeah. You're but you I mean, want I, a running back because you want a guy that's going to carry your team. I don't think you got to reach on, like, a Joe Mixon in, in the first. But, like, like he's the first-round pick. But, I mean, like, you don't necessarily have to take him at five right. over Hopkins. Well, but. Mean, I have
0: a, like personal seven or so that I would take like at the running pad, running back position before I even like consider nuke, because running backs are filled this year in the first two rounds. Like this might be the most RB one talent we've ever had. Yeah, it's a lot. Like you can get Le'Veon Bell because he took a year off at the end of the first, mm-hmm. and we don't know what he's gonna do, but. He's gonna get the touches to be an RB one. So yeah, people, people don't understand that. So I'm not going wide receiver heavy, but I, I recommend probably taking a wide receiver in the first two rounds, just because there's so much talent there. Like if you take him in the second round, you can get Juju or Dell. We're mm-hmm. gonna be happy with those two.
1: Well, that's why I love the, the talent this year. Is there's so much second and third round talent at wide receivers, even into the fourth round. I mentioned Edelman before. I think he's going to be a monster this season, and he's a fourth round pick. So absolutely, yeah, that's that's Boy. big time. Um, the next strategy would be RB only, and that's a similar strategy but flipped. I think if you're going to go with one, that's the one to go with. But my thing is, why are you doing that? The no quarterback strategy makes sense, but there's also a breaking point. If you can get Mahomes in the fifth, you got to bite that bullet. And it's not even biting a bullet; it's getting extreme value, but. You got to like I, we said about the, the mendable mindset. You got to go into it. You can go into a draft with one strategy, but if you realize you can get to Watson Watson the seventh, you take that value. Like right. if they're screwing up, don't just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna screw up too," because that's what I went into the draft with the mindset of. Like if right. they slip up, you you take that value. Like if you're gonna go like RB only, but then Devonte Adams is there, pick 17. How do you let that happen when you can mm-hmm. just rob that pick?
0: Yeah, um. so I did the RB only in a league last year. I want to see how it worked. Well, yeah. So I took a wide receiver in the second round, but out of my first six picks, I picked four running backs, including a bench one. Okay. I won this league, but two of them got hurt
1: before the season even started. But here's the thing, though. You did do the strategy is in the sense that in the top six, yes, But you were smart to take a wide receiver because you probably had an insane value in the second. You probably saw somebody slip, and you were like, well, it's time to abandon ship real quick. We'll still go RB heavy, but you didn't go no RB. You know, you took a wide receiver with your second pick.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Julio was there. You can't pass that up.
1: Exactly. So that's the scenario (laughs) where they just gave you a first-round towel in the second round. You said, look, I'm not going to be stupid and just go with my strategy. I'm going to go with the best guy available. Exactly. Um,
0: Don't go into a draft
1: without a strategy, but be willing to change it. Like, you're giving yourself a positional need that you don't necessarily have, in the sense that, like, in in the middle rounds, you could be like, okay, I already have four running backs, I need a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of the draft, you don't have anything. You can just get the best players for your team. You don't have to be handcuffed with the, oh, crap, like, I drafted four wide receivers in my last five picks, like, I need a running back here. There's better wide receivers still in the draft, I have to get a running back because it's too late. You don't have to think like that in the beginning of the draft because you can do whatever you want with those picks. right. except That's for quarterback, don't do that. <laughs> um okay, no no tight end strategy. I feel like this excludes Kelsey this year, but it also kind of includes it. like for me, if if you can get Kelsey at a good value, which I would say like third round, you have to do that. Well, I want to make
0: the point of where Kelsey was last year in terms of a wide receiver. He would have finished as the wide receiver 9 overall. That's a wide receiver 1. Yeah. That's how good he is. So Mm -hmm. if you can get Kelsey at the back end of the second round on the turnaround, like, hey, I have the first pick technically, so say you take, like, Saquon first, and you have back-to-back picks. I wouldn't be bad if you took Kelsey and, say,
1: Mike Evans. Yeah, if you're at the turn, I do think that's the best spot to take him. So if you have pick, let's say it's 12th man league, uh, if you have picked 10, 11, or 11 and 12, usually, yeah, I love Kelsey in the third. I think you go with because you can even get like if you get lucky, you can get an Odell or a Juju in the late second. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Mike yeah, Evans that's is said, a good example. That's uh, why I said Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, Mike Evans is a good example, but if you have like pick 10, you could land Juju or, or Odell mm-hmm. because that's going to end up being the, the back of the second, but not the total end. Uh, if you're really at the turn, like you're t- pick 12, I like Kelsey at 3-1. Like that's, but I, I wouldn't typically go with him in the second round unless the draft broke down weird and I didn't love what was going on.
0: Um, I would take Ertz in the third round. That's the only other tight
1: end I'd even like look at early. See, Kittle's would- scary. I feel like he's going to regress. I don't know if I would love that. But anyway, the, the point of the no tight end strategy is that is a similar process of the, the quarterbacks and is that you go with a guy like Vance McDonald in the ninth round and you build the rest of your team and you kind of punt on the the tight end position and you just hope that you can get a touchdown every other week or so. And then you can also stream. That's a posi- another position where there's only going to be 12 tight ends select probably on roster. And you have more than one tight end. You're kind of crazy. Uh, You shouldn't do that. So you can get a guy that, you know, he might be the 13th best tight end in the NFL, but he might be facing a team that gives up the most yards to tight ends in the league with a quarterback that likes to throw to the tight end. In that case, you take that guy, you play him for a week, maybe two, and then you just cut him and you you, you sign somebody else with a similar opportunity. So that's something that we'll go over too during the season of like, which guys we like for that kind of strategy.
0: Like this is how, I'm probably going to most drafts. If Kelsey's gone, I don't care about the tight end until, like, round seven or eight.
1: I like having Ingram a lot in the middle, but we'll talk about that, like, round seven. Um, Okay, real quick, we'll we'll do some Q&As. That's something that we've gotten to do now. Um, And we're going to probably do, I don't know, maybe every episode, every other episode, something like that, at least once a week. Um, We have some really good questions. Uh, First one is from Tom. Uh, Will Bell return to top RB status with the Jets? I'm going to say, yeah, I think uh, Sam Darnold is going to check down a lot because he's not very good at quarterback. So if you have a safety valve that's one of the best receiving threats in the game, like even if it is a running back, that works for me. Like he's going to be within the first 10 yards of the field. That's an easy throw for him. It's an easy dump off, and he's someone that can actually create damage with that. Like he can actually do something with a dump off and get 10 yards and make him a guy miss. And and honestly they have a solid line. It's not great. Um, he's gonna run the ball okay. Uh we'll see how they use him with like like if they run a similar system as the Steelers. They could screw him up, but he's he's the way he runs, like, he almost doesn't use the playbook. He just runs on his own time, he's very patient, he stays behind the line. He doesn't hit he hits the hole when he decides he wants to. So
0: Right. So this is a good question from Tom. Um yeah. People are scared that Adam Gase won't utilize him because of what he did in Miami last year, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. I don't know if people understand who Le'Veon Bell is and how much money they just paid him. He's getting all the touches. There's no competition. Ty Montgomery is not taking a single touch from Le'Veon Bell. No. Le'Veon Bell is a beast. He's going to get 350-plus touches. That's a guarantee Book it as long as he's healthy, which I I would be shocked if he wasn't
1: considering he missed a whole year and took it off and has been doing, like, two-a-days by himself because he feels yeah, he's like a, he's a monster this year, but, I mean, anyone can tear an MCL or something. But...
0: Told He apologized to his fantasy owners finally, which, hey, that's cool. You don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that at all. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And then he's like, this year, I'm bringing home championships for you guys. I yeah, appreciate
1: I think, that. <laughs> he's going to be a top five to maybe seven. Right? Plug him and play him. Don't be worried. If you can get him in the middle of the, the first round, I'm totally happy with that. I'm he's through. only growing higher in my rankings. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, so uh, definitely top running back status. Yeah,
1: actually. and the second part of his question was who will break out this year? Also from Tom. He left is very open. Um, I'm going to go with the first guy that comes to mind for me is Dante Pettis on the um, – 49ers. I think he's a, he's a very talented wide receiver and he's the wide receiver one and he's finally healthy. And he's talked about how the playbook was a lot for him to learn in year one. And he was just thinking all the time on the field. He wasn't just like playing, like he was getting in his own head and now he feels a lot more comfortable. Garoppolo um, had a really weird quote and said he's matured, like his body is matured, which was, that was strange. But if he looks like a better athlete, that's, that works for me. Um, and, his route running is very good. Uh, like his rankings as a route runner, are very high and he's very good receiver all around. Like I think in year two, he's finally going to break out. People talk about Debo Samuel and all that stuff. They're going to deal with the same problems that he dealt with last year. Like that is not an easy offense to learn. And he not finally feels comfortable and he has the talent. So I think he's going to be great this year. Uh,
0: That's a great choice. He's one of my favorite. Um, my, my main guy, I think this year, is Marlon Mack of it, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. He showed signs last year. Spencer Ware has went down with an injury. He was going to be the backup. So yeah. I thought he was going to spell a few touches. Spencer Ware, not a bad running back. Yeah. And Naheem Hines is going to handle the passing duties for the most part. Yeah, But the Colts have, pound for pound, maybe the best offensive line in of football. It proved it last year. They were incredible. Andrew Luck got hit the least. Marlon Mack is a very good running back. Yeah. And I think this is the year he can hit multi, um double digit touchdowns because the Colts are just a prolific offense. They're going to be moving the ball 100% of the time. And you want to keep the ball out of you don't want to make Andrew Luck have to throw it all the time. You want to limit him because shoulder he has a shoulder injury passed. Mm-hmm. And you can feed Marlon Mack for 250 300 touches you're gonna to do that i think he is a perfect rb2 this season some people are even getting him at the flex position when i think it's phenomenal i think he's gonna burst out um i i like the dante pettis i wanted to give a running back that i think will burst out i think Marlon mack is the choice here
1: he's also a late third rounder so you're you're not giving a whole lot um also, one I'd like to just throw out there, we're not even going to explain this one too much because I think we're going to move on, but carry uh, on Johnson with the Riddick on should be awesome. Uh, I don't know if you would consider that a breakout because he kind of did last year, but I think he's going to take a step up this year. Um, okay, this one's from Drew. Um, and the question is Will Cliff Kingsbury's offense work in the NFL? Um, we're going to take this from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I think it will. Um, one thing that's awesome is that he's talked about how fast he wants to run his offense. He wants to get like I forget Not the number, good. but it's like a billion plays per game. And so if you think about it, if they're running twice as many plays as the rest of the league, he's, they're going to get the volume. They're going to get it's basically like they're playing realistically like six quarters instead of four because no way you're actually going to be able to double your production. But um, if you can get an offense that works that fast and they can move the ball downfield, like it doesn't matter how fast you go if you get three and out at every time. But I think Kyler Murray can move that ball downfield. We'll get to that next. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for what the Cardinals are going to do. More with David Johnson and and Kyler Murray than anyone else. But someone like Larry Fitzgerald could take an uptick too, which is wild at his age. But he's still proven that he can do it.
0: Here is my fantasy spin on it just real quick. Because this is, yes, his offense is going to work year one. Like, no one's going to be ready for the amount of plays he's going to do. And I think Kyler's the perfect option to run that amount of plays.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think David Johnson returns to prominence.
1: Yeah,
0: he was the RB nine in PPR last year, which people probably don't remember because they just felt like he was such a bad choice. Because he just his points were like fifteen a week. You expected twenty plus. Yeah. You wanted that average of twenty. I think he can return to that. He still like is on. He in his mind he wants to be the first thousand 1k 1k guy like he wants a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards there's not many guys that can do that in this league i think kingsbury sees how good he is i think he will utilize him more than anyone else in the offense and i think kyler murray he's more way more of a threat than any quarterback they had last year they're not going to pack the box as much
1: and i think the thing is too with with speaking of david johnson he's gotten kind of a bad rap. Like people obviously see the athleticism, but I think he's one of the most athletic guys in the league. Like Saquon kind of took that mantle, but he's up there. He is, he is a freak of nature. And he has like, if you watch even his rookie in, in year in his first full year, like he had David or Marshawn Lynch type runs where he just like, didn't go down, but he also showed like just the balance and the speed. Mm-hmm. I love David Johnson. And I think that's going to be super productive. Um, One thing to think about is that you compare it to, like, Chip Kelly's offense, it didn't really work for the NFL because he ended up just tiring out his defense and 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 he was out of the league quickly, but it was very effective for fantasy. So will it work for them winning games? I think it certainly will be better than last year. I don't know how effective it's going to be long-term, but I think for fantasy it will be very impactful. Um, Speaking of the Cardinals, the next question uh, from Tevin is – Will Kyle Murray and his unique style of play take the league by storm or will he bust? Yes. I think he's. <laughs> what? Yes. I just said, will he take the league by storm? Will he bust for 20%? Yes, to. Storm. He's taking okay. the league by storm. He's excellent. The
0: thing about him is he's small. We get it. Who cares? Drew yeah. Brees is small.
1: 5'10 is an average height. I don't care. Russell right. Wilson, small. It's pretty tall, I, actually.
0: I would consider Drew Brees and Russell Wilson two of the best quarterbacks in football.
1: I don't even care. Yeah, like, we're, we've talked about the hype plenty, like, whatever. Um, the thing is, I think what people, it, it's the same thing with Baker Mayfield, is what happens is when they dominate, they become, like, a playmaker, and you consider they label them as a playmaker, and that has a negative knock sometimes in the sense that they think you're just, like, with him, they just assume he's a scrambler and stuff. The thing about Baker and Kyler is they have elite arms, and Baker's now finally getting that recognition, but Kyler Murray, yes, he ran for, like, 800 yards or 1,000, something ridiculous, but he had an insane completion percentage, and he's very accurate. Like, I know it was college, but accuracy doesn't go away. That was Josh Allen's problem in college, and that's his problem now. He can still be effective, but you can't teach accuracy as a quarterback. Uh, You can get a little better, but you're not going to go from, like, Lamar Jackson to Drew Brees. He has elite accuracy, and that's why he's going to be successful in this week. And he can throw the ball... Like with power too. I don't care what his weight is it. Like people talk about oh like he's five ten, yeah, but he's he's over two hundred pounds. Like he's just as thick as as right. as any of the other quarterbacks. Yeah. Um well, minus, you know, Big Ben, whatever. He's he's got plenty of size, he's not overweight. Um and he will run, which is gonna give you a huge baseline. So if he runs for fifty yards, that helps you out so much as far as like maybe he throws a pick or a two. But if he runs the ball, he's still going to give you equal production as a normal running back. And he, uh, I mean, quarterback, and he'll go off some games. I believe in him. I don't know if he's one of those guys. That if I was going to draft Kyler, I'd, I'd also draft a guy like a golfer, maybe even just like a, a Stafford, mm-hmm. just to, just to have a little safety net because again, he is a rookie. I don't love drafting rookies in fantasy; they usually do better in years two and three. But um, you know, it's one of those guys. Like you, you take him and get a little security blanket, you know, kind of like not a handcuff, just like another streaming option, and uh, just see what happens. But, yeah, I, overall, yes, I believe in him.
0: I think what's being overlooked is he has Larry Fitzgerald as his mentor. Like, I know he's not a quarterback, but he is one of the most respected guys in the leagues. He's been to every stage possible. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the Pro He's done everything. And having a guy like that not only teach you the ways of the NFL, but having him be a security blanket of sorts as well on the field, yeah. like there's going to be trust there. Like Larry Fitzgerald at the age of 36 is still one of the best receivers in football.
1: And it also helps that he's in the slot. So he's not going to exactly. be throwing 40-yard passes as a security blanket. Like he's going to be throwing slants mm-hmm. and drags. And, and, and he'll do some intermediate stuff too, which can only help. Like, but it, it helps to have him close. Right. Uh, having Larry as your
0: security blanket for your first year, you could have a lot worse things, to say the least. Okay, and David so- Johnson, by the way.
1: Yeah, that'll help. Um, then the last question is, uh, favorite week one streaming options if you missed out on the top 20 QBs or top 10 tight ends? This is from uh, a guy named Tupelo who comments on pretty much everything. <laughs> it, not, always, not always positive, but he's always nope. there. Um, so but he's there. Yeah. So, uh, this plays perfectly into what we talked about earlier with the different strategies for team building. So week one, we'll just look at the schedule real quick. Um, some of the, the best guys to, to target week one to stream. If you're not going to go for a a streaming, like a main quarterback, you get a lot of options. Um, I, I looked at some of them earlier, honestly, if you can get Lamar Jackson, he's playing the dolphins week one. I love that. Uh, vice versa. I'd even go with Ryan Fitzpatrick because, like, the Ravens have a whole new defense, and they're going to have some—it's going to take some time to figure that out without C.J. Mosley. That was a big hit, and they lost a lot of other pieces, too. Um, They lost Eric Weddle. I know they replaced him with Earl Thomas, but that's going to be an adjustment. Um, That's a good one. Uh, I actually kind of like Nick Foles versus the Chiefs just because the Jags will move the ball okay. The Chiefs are going to win that game, but that actually helps because he's going to have to pass the whole game. It's not going to be Leonard Fournette getting 25 touches. They're going to have to throw if they're down. And uh, the Chiefs, great team, but they don't have a great defense, and they didn't really do anything to fix that. So that's an interesting one. Uh, You want to talk about some of them? Some of your favorites?
0: My perfect two for week one would have to be Jimmy Garoppolo, which might be a weird one but you yet understand the team he's playing against who were terrible last year. And they added maybe one guy and lost more. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins. I'm going to start off with him because he's just the bigger name. When it comes to fantasy, Kirk cousins before last year was a top 10 quarterback, three straight seasons. He's on a better team now. and, He's averaged like the 20th overall quarterback in fantasy this year. He's playing the Falcons. That's going to be a shootout. I like quarterbacks that are shoot in shootout mode. Like uh-huh. you said with Foles. Like Foles, he's going to have to be shooting it out with the Chiefs. And the Chiefs <laughs> are going to win. But I like those types of matchups. Kirk Cousins, I think, could return to fantasy prominence this year. He had career highs in completion percentage and touchdowns last year no one recognizes that because they just had a tough season
1: and then what you hate on uh, cousins because he's easy to hate on as a person which i don't really agree with but he's actually a pretty good quarterback
0: yeah yeah and jimmy g first game back that might be a little scary but he's (laughs) playing the bucks
1: bucks are not good at defense my favorite one real quick like i know i mentioned two already but Matt Stafford versus the Cardinals is as good a value as you're going to get. Matt Stafford back. He's healthy, and he's playing the Cardinals, who just had the number one overall pick, and they took a quarterback. So their defense needs work, a lot of work. And uh, he's going to abuse that.
0: Based off his schedule, I'd probably play him most games, probably not play him against the Bears, but I'd probably play him most games this season just because he throws well. He's recovered now. He's the king of yardage. And this is going to be the first year he's ever had a good running back that you got to speak to that. They're not going to just automatically assume like he's going to be able to attack that offense and they're just not going to sit back because they have LeGarrette blunt running or someone that's just old and not good. Okay.
1: So that was our first episode. Um, it went long because it was our first episode, uh, We run this out of WTF Sports. You can find us on WTFSports.org. All the episodes will be there. It'll also be on iTunes, uh, but you already know that if you're here. Um, We write articles all the time about fantasy football. We cover other sports too, but there's a whole thing for fantasy football, and uh, that's our main uh, topic lately because that's what does the best because people care about fantasy football, which is why we started this show. Um, you can also listen to Around the Diamond, which will be coming back in September. But we have like what 36 episodes or them already. Um, and that's just all around sports, pretty much everything but fantasy football. Um so yeah, that that's is there anything else we need to plug? I know we do a lot of projects now. No, no. That that yeah
0: definitely look at the website
1: because we have a ton of
0: articles. Like you can listen to us talk. That's awesome. But hey, listen to us read it read what we write because yeah. we're giving we're different takes there too but yeah we have series for fantasy we have risk factor going on right now and that has to talk about the most risky players in fantasy this year and if they are really worth the risk like to example we uh you did melvin gordon
1: Yep. I also did yeah. Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Right. you, you We're taking the hold-up type guys because it's early in the season. We don't know what's happening. And yep. you, you perfected Zeke. You talked about what's going re- truly on with him and why it's actually not that big
1: of a deal. Yeah. I, like I said, I mean, well, you can get into it if you read the article. But if you want to feel better about Zeke, read that article. Right, right. now, the series is covered. Um, Scott's written about uh todd Gurley and nick chubb nick chubb's one that not pe- people aren't worried about right now but they should be because of kareem hunt so we can get into that um and then i also covered melvin gordon uh aj green Niku Elliott, and then aj green who is injured um uh, so these are players that like you you can't figure out that factor of it just by looking at the rankings you can see the adp but that takes a while for it to react and, and you can't get the up up-to- up-to-date news so right we try to give you the, the, you know, all the other sides to think about when you're about to draft a player. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So absolutely check out WTFsports.org. dot org. Other than that,
1: that's that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Um. We will see you Thursday probably. Thursday. Um, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. We're gonna have planned shows like. Our Thursday shows probably going to be around rankings, mock drafts. Then these shows are going to be like specific players and whatnot. So
1: specifically definitely... strategies, stuff like that. Getting you ready for the draft. Uh, just, just getting you ready to go.
0: So definitely subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite thing is, click that button, make sure you keep up to date. We're going to hopefully uh, have shorter episodes and, we, we intend to have spurts give you when everything happens so that it's not a big deal When if you want to just see, oh, what's the tips and tricks, blah, 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 whatever that is. Just make sure you subscribe. Check out WTSports.org. Other than that, we will see you on Thursday. Bye.
1: Do I sound fine from here? Yeah, you sound excellent. Because I've been moving my mic around. All right, stop moving it. All right.
0: One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) That That wasn't ideal.